Bibles and go to a very familiar passage, and we're going to continue down uh, family dynamics, and we've been talking about the family, and, uh, and I would ask that you uh, truly uh, keep uh, the different clubs in uh, prayer as the leaders start, uh, really start helping. There are a couple of things that we will be talking about over the next couple of weeks uh, that I think are going to be a blessing. We have missions conference coming up. As soon as missions conference is done, uh, we will be expanding Wednesday night to several different arenas and areas. And so just kind of uh, keep your ears open and keep your phones on. Not now, but keep your phones on, your ears open, and we'll get it done. Romans chapter 3, and we were talking about how to resolve conflict permanently uh, in, the, in the home last week. And this week, I, I want to talk about an atmosphere of spiritual repentance in the home. If there is a solution to resolving conflict in a home, uh, it is set by the people in this auditorium, and, it, and, it, and it's an atmosphere. It is the ambiance of what a Christian home should be. Once you think of the difference in a restaurant is, is the, the, you walk in and it's like you can tell right away, this restaurant is conducive to. Um, there are some restaurants in our town that you don't go to on a Friday night uh, because it's not conducive to Christianity. And uh, so we all understand that. Your home is truly should be heaven to the people who live there. Now, Romans 3.23 tells us this, and if you'll look at it, it's very familiar. For all have what, please? And come what? You can write out beside there every day. Every day. If we think that your home will ever arrive to a static, a, a level, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, myself included, our home has not yet arrived to where we have not come short of the glory of God. No matter our best day in marriage, we still come short to that glory that it should be. But there are components you can put into your house, into your home. And so if you'll go to Romans chapter 7, and we're going to look at Romans chapter 7 and verse, uh, if you walk through here, the tongue twister, uh, if you will, and... Uh, Look at verse 17. Verse 16 says, if I then do that which I would not, Romans 7, 16, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but what? Sin that dwelleth in me. There should be a grieving in your heart and in my heart when the home is not where it is. When you go to bed and you realize, good night. Man, this home was a total wreck and a chaos. Maybe not with the, with the house itself, but just in the relationships. It is easy for it just to spin out of control. What you want to do is you want this atmosphere to where it is always a continual repentance. It is always this journey that you and I take. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We use our Bibles uh, a lot tonight as we should. And uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 in verse number 10. Whenever I'm trying to help a family decide, is my husband for real? Is my wife for real? What, what about my teenagers, the, the, this repentance, this so-called sorrow, is it for real? The litmus test is found here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and in verse number 9. Now, you can't fake this and you can't, you can't stop it, okay? So let's understand that. When God is at work in your heart, you can't fake what we're about to read, nor can you stop. A dog barks, a cat meows, 
So here in Christians, when they've got this repentant heart, and this is what you're after, you can't stop these things. Look what it says here in verse 9. Now rejoice not that ye were made sorry, 2 Corinthians 7, 9. Now rejoice not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to what, please? Repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh what, please? Repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh what? So when you and I understand that when you have conflict in a home, how do you permanently get this done and get this over? We talked about that last week. But I will tell you, this one key we're going to look at is very important to give you insight, listen, that we're not done yet. Many families put a Band-Aid on conflict and then they go to bed only to wake up and it starts all over again. And they wonder to themselves, what is going on? And sometimes people throw money at conflict. Sometimes people throw vacations at conflict. Sometimes people throw, I'm just going to compromise in conflict. Whenever, you, when you're, whenever you're in conflict and you're like, man, I just want this to be solved. I want this to be done. So here you have. So let's walk through here, verse 11. And I'm not going to spend much time because this will be another Bible study. For behold, this selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a what, please? That's what you want. You want repentance and you want sorrow that's after godliness, not worldliness. Because once God is at work in a person's life, now, now I will tell you, depending on what is being repented of, depending on what the conflict is, will determine how long it takes you to get where you need to be. A lot of people are looking for, well, if you were really sorry, this and this and this and this would happen. Remember this, that... Uh, it took you a long time to get where you're at. It took me a long time to get where I'm at. It's going to take me a long time to get out of where I'm at. But with God, the journey is amazing. So look what happens here. For behold, the self-same godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you. Yea, what clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. Yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. And then look at the very last. Yea, what revenge. Give me the punctuation there, please. Exclamation point. And everything in your Bible is put there on purpose and understand it's a working. It is the, the, the quickness. This, it, it is something happens to somebody when they've got this repentant spirit. And I'm going to use an illustration as sophomoric, but it's almost like they come to their life and anything in their life that's hidden, guess what they start doing? They start getting rid of. So they go, they go through and they look at anything and they're like, okay, I don't want that in my life. Then there's a Greek word here called phobos, which is phobia. And all of a sudden, they're very scared. I, I, I can't go there because that place made a bad me. Those people brought out the bad me. When somebody has repentance, and when, we're going to talk about the definitions here in just a moment. When somebody, this repentance starts working in their heart, most people don't follow through with it. And then most people... Go, well, well, no, we'll be okay. I, we don't need to go any further. We'll be okay. Please know that repentance is having a work to where whatever it is that, that caused conflict and problems, God wants it completely out. He, he doesn't want you to put that horse in the stable and go, no, 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 completely out. Last week I used the illustration of a gun belt with, with shells. 
and that you carry around the ammunition to take out and use. When God, when God forgave you and I of our sins, they're done. They're gone. And if they come back up, it's because we either did it again, but it's not because he brought it up, nor does he remember them. He has amnesia. And I think the best statement last week was this. If you forget, you're like God. You old people. All right, so, so, so yay, for the queen just woke up. Yay, what revenge. And uh, in all things, look at the very last of verse 11. I want you to take note of these verses and write them down. In all things, ye have what, please? Approved yourselves to be what? Clear in what? That's what you want. That's what you want. You want to be able to have problems in your home, but you as the leaders of your home and I as the leader of my marriage, then it's up to me to set the tone for my wife. It's up to us to set the tone for the grandchildren to where those grandchildren still got a whole lot of living to do. They still have a whole lot of mistakes to make. And the thing they need from Grand Bob and Nani is one thing. They need to be able to live in our atmosphere and know this. Repentance is what we are all about. And that this is possible, whatever you've gotten yourself into, that you can be clear in this matter. One of the joys of pastoring is I stand here with knowledge. The last person you want to give truth serum to is the pastor. If somebody says, let's give him truth serum. No, don't give me truth serum. But I'll tell you that, but one of the pinnacles of joy is this. To watch people live in clearness and the second greatest joy I have is when I have to be reminded of things and when I look at people's lives and it's like oh and somebody would have to jog my memory and that's what I love about pastoring a pastor told me the other day when I get behind that pulpit I remember all the junk the members did I said then you weren't called to preach you need to resign what and I said, because a shepherd only sees the good. A shepherd doesn't live that way. So, so let's walk through here. So that's 2 Corinthians. I want you to go to Luke chapter 15, 12. This is a story of the prodigal son. So let's start thinking in terms of this is what you want when there's conflict. This is what you want. You want a permanent solution to a temporary journey into the far country. So when think about this, husband and wife, when there's conflict. When you have conflict with your children, when you have conflict with your grown adults that live in your home, when you have conflict, I want you to think in terms that now we're going into a far country. So I'm not going to read the entire story, but if you'll drop to verse 16, and he would have, Luke 15, 16, and he, he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. Would you read the very first phrase out loud with me? Verse 17, ready? And when he came to him, there was this aha moment with this prodigal son. And what we want to happen is we, Brother Kennard, where are you at? Brother Kennard, are you here? Can you kick the fan on if you'll do that for me? Just kick it on just a little bit. And what you want is, is this aha moment. Some of you, Miss Thompson's like, you turn that on. I'm not going to be your very best friend. And uh, hey, hey, Brother Kennard kick it on and then just kick it right back off they'll never know uh so so what you want is in the middle of 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 the mate wandering it, kelly can i use you real quickly that'd be okay yeah come on up here come on up here so what you want to happen and i'm gonna let me be the one who gets into it with her she's not gonna get into it with me 
And uh, yeah, 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 I'll be, I'll be the one. So your marriage is like my marriage. My marriage is like yours. There are times that she's hard to live with. And uh, now, now here's what you want. There are those times that, that I get a little bit bent out of shape. I don't want to be doing free now. And what I'll do is I will wander away. What needs to happen is, is that our home needs to be such an atmosphere of repentance that I will come to myself and I will turn around and I will go back. Wives, when you're the one that wanders away, and by the way, you have a God living on the inside of you. I have God living on the inside of me, and we know, don't we? We know. Y'all shake your head up and do something. I feel like I'm on an island. And, and we know. I feel like I'm the only one up here that's a sinner. Eh, don't do that. Uh, so, so what you're hoping is they come to themselves. How many times have your children strayed and then they stayed away and then five days later they came to themselves? This is what you want. But the damage that's done while you're away could be bigger than what we realize. Thank you, sweetheart. And uh, so, so Luke chapter 15, I'm going to give you four things I want you to write down, and, and, and these are going to be very, very important for the lesson. Repentance is not just recognition. So when you say, no, no, my, my family, uh, I want this atmosphere of spiritual repentance. Know this, repentance is just not recognition. It is just not saying, oh, yeah, I'm away from the house. Oh, yeah, we're going to look at some verses here. Oh, yeah, 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 I wasted. Do you, do, do you and I, you and I have to know this about, the, about what we call the prodigal son or the younger son. We have to know that he realized he ran out of money. You know, he had to realize that now he's not living the party life. So nobody had to tell him, hey, life's getting worse. The problem is not the recognition. An atmosphere of, of spiritual repentance in a home is not for people to recognize there's a wrong. That's not spiritual repentance. And sometimes marriages end at this, well, well, I'm, I'm sorry, and, and I'm just sorry for whatever I did. No, 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 no. That's not the atmosphere of spiritual repentance. Because repentance is just not recognition, Okay. So the second thing I want to tell you, and I'm going to say these over and again, repentance is not just remorse. That's not spiritual repentance. So there's a difference between just repentance and spiritual. You know, there is godly and worldly. So know this, the reason we can't put a permanent end to conflict in marriages, and by the way, those kids that left this auditorium, those young adults over there, please know that they're going to come back and live in our homes. They're going to ride in our cars. And for whatever reason, we are good at putting band-aids because we don't like conflict. And you don't have to have conflict. As long as there is an understanding in your heart and in my heart, no, no, I need repentance in this home. I need a permanent solution here. So it's just not you were wrong. I know. Okay, we're good. That's not it. And it's not even remorse. It's not even a downcast countenance. Because that's not even it. You know, there's a lot of times that, that, um, that, that, that parents, and especially in marriage counseling, that in marriage counseling, somebody will say, no, we're good. How do you know you're good? Well, well he or she's beating themselves up. They, they sit in the room, and they're, 
they're, they're really sorry for what they did. Remorse is not repentance. It's not spiritual repentance. Third thing I want to tell you is this. Repentance is not just reversal. Okay? It's not just turning over a new leaf. See, a lot of families right now have these bullets that are in their, in their, in their holster, and they're walking around. They're good for the moment until they run out of things, and then, brother, they're going to reach back. And here's why. Well, I thought we solved that way back there. We're talking about repentance. We're talking about metaneo in the, in, in the Greek. We're talking about a change. And the reason there is no permanent change is because we confuse what is permanent change. Permanent change is not when you recognize, yeah, I broke the window. Permanent change is not when you say, man, I feel bad for breaking that window. Permanent change is not when you say, I'm never going to break a window again. Promises are hollow. How many would agree with that? The longer you live and the longer we live and the more you've been hurt and the more you've been damaged, you get tired of this, I'll never do that again. And, 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 and although it sounds great at the moment, you're looking for God to continue to do this work. That 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and verse, verse 11, I think it was, that said that you are clear in this matter. We want to be able to go through problems, cross bridges, get to the other side, and not just burn the bridge, but fill in the moat and fill it in and look back and say, I don't know what you're talking about. I had no idea what you're talking about. This is where we want to be. So repentance is not just recognition. Repentance is not just remorse. Repentance is not just the reversal. So now let's go on a journey. If you will, understand, if you want to write this down, it's kind of some stats. The word repentance is used 26 times uh, in the New Testament. It means a compunction to reversal, a change of mind of a previous purpose. The word repent is used 24 times in 22 verses. The word repented is used 15 times. The word repenteth is used two times. There is this part that says, I think differently right now than I did on my journey to this point. The prodigal got to this, this pig pen and he came to himself and he said, I don't want to be here anymore. I do not want to be here anymore. But at that point, it's where every family needs to come to. I need to come to. I'm not preaching to you because I've mastered this art. I'm preaching to you because I am trying to live out these verses. Let's look at some verses, and I think I, 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 I can show you what I mean. Go to Matthew chapter 3. In Matthew chapter 3, this is the very first time in the New Testament you find the word repent. And this is the first time that you find the word repentance. And I'm going to make a statement if you want to write this down. Action without repentance is for the sake of favor. Okay? Action without repentance is for the sake of favor. If all of a sudden you are conforming, if all of a sudden you tell somebody that, okay, let's just take a, take a family dynamic and a family scenario. Let's say that a teenager, 16 years of age, and I'm not pulling from anything but just 34 years of ministry. Let's say a teenager, 16 years of age, does something to break your heart. You have to address this with a 16-year-old. 
And all of a sudden, they're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It'll never happen again. It'll never happen again. Is your I'm sorry for the sake now of just gaining favor? Or how do I know that this is a permanent change and this won't happen again? Matthew chapter 3, look what it says here. In those days came John the Baptist preaching the wilderness, in the wilderness of Judea. Look what he said. Repent ye for the what? Kingdom. I want you to notice and circle that word in your heart and your mind. Repent ye in verse number 2, Matthew 3, 2. Repent ye for the what? Kingdom. Now, understand, and we're going to pause right there, understand that the tyranny of this kingdom. So here came somebody saying, in the middle of this Roman tyranny, by the way, there's a new kingdom on the scene. These people are smart enough, and if you'll look there in Matthew chapter 2 and, and look at verse number 3, when, 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 I'm sorry, what did I tell y'all? Matthew 3, what did I say? Look at Matthew 3, 3. For this is that spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem, all Judea, and the regions all about, round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when, he, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore what? Fruits, meat for what? So all of a sudden, they, in their mind, they knew Isaiah, and they're like, oh, no, oh, no. We have favor with the Roman government. We've got favor. There's this new kingdom coming. What do we have to do to have favor? And guess what they thought? If we get baptized, we will have favor with this new kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason problems keep coming back up is because we think that as long as I have favor... I'm okay. And a child needs to know, a young adult needs to know, we're not done with God doing a permanent work in your heart just because at this moment we have favor. You see, repentance, he said, okay, so what we're going to do is, yes, baptism is for people, but you have to bring me meat, fruit. I need to know that your relationship with the Lord is what's driving your action not you just want favor in both kingdoms. This is the hard one. So, so this atmosphere of spiritual repentance, action without repentance, is for the sake of favor. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's not this change on the inside, I can tell you up to 17, I can't say that, two years in high school, I, I, just, I, 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 I wasn't the best of Christians. July, Triple S Christian Ranch, Rosebud, Arkansas, July 84, God did a change in my life that like flipped me around. Still wasn't perfect, but he flipped me upside down. And I knew in my heart I had come to the end. I don't want to be that Bobby Gray. I'm done with that. And so at 17, I made an about face, and I started heading toward as much as I could the glory of God. Listen to this. I still fall short. But a change happened in here. And now I was not playing the game to get favor. I was wanting God in my life. I wasn't doing it. So let's go to the next one. Because I have a fourth statement I want to give you. Go to Matthew 27. 
in, 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 in verse number 3. We're trying to set the atmosphere of, of repentance. And, um, and I think as long as you walk in and you're very knowledgeable, armed with the scripture to say, okay, okay, okay. Um, you're not mad at me anymore? The big statement between marriage, are we good? Is, is everything okay? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Then why do we keep getting back into the same fights? Want to know why? Because we're not good. Because this, this change that needs to take place in me, this change, sometimes you can, you can say, no, I'm good because we're good. That's not true. That's just not true. Because that favor runs out, doesn't it? Oh, y'all not going to answer. That's right. I'll, I'll answer. <laughs> it ran out two days ago. No, I'm kidding. And uh, Matthew 27, 3. Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned. Would you, would you read the next two words, please? Repented himself. And brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, and that I betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to it. The first thing I said was, action without repentance is for the sake of favor. The second thing I want to tell you is this, emotion without spiritual, re- with, with, emotion without the right solution is not spiritual repentance. You see, this coming to himself He came to himself, watch this, but he didn't turn to Jesus. Guess what he tried to give back? He tried to give back the 30 pieces of silver. I'm going to use something very sophomoric and very simplistic. I've told you to clean your room a hundred times, seven-year-old. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, I'll go clean it right now, and they clean it. Right? They, they get it all cleaned up, but then how come they can't keep it clean? Because they've yet not employed the right solution to keeping it clean. You play with it, you put it back. And there are a lot of people walking around that they're like, how do I fix this? How do I get this permanent solution? Understand that you, you have to stop trying to undo what you did. That, that's huge in marriage counseling. Stop trying to undo what you did. The commitment should not be, I'll never do that again. If Judas, if Judas at this point would have turned to Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ would have forgave Judas Iscariot. And if we don't believe that, we're in the wrong business. He betrayed. He was repentant. And those scribes and Pharisees should have said, then if you truly believe he's the son of God, you go right back down there and you go see the master. And ladies and gentlemen, this spiritual thing of repentance, we need to understand that it's not good enough to have favor. It's not good enough to, to, I, I need to clean this up, I need to undo this. Yes, but that's not where you go. My fixing, my relationship with Kelly, when I start to wander, is not me going back to her and making more promises that I won't do what I've done a hundred times in 30-something years of irritating her. She all just smile and say, I got the same problem. So, you know, I feel like I'm at a, at a meeting. Hi, my name's Bob. I got marriage problems. And y'all go, hi, Bob. <laughs> and uh, so, so understand. <laughs> no. Do you know what the solution is? Me getting on my knees to the God who made me 
and the God who made her and saying, dear God, if you don't change her, I'm going to kill her. No. And, and, uh, and so, so understand. So now go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And look at verse 14. So please, when you're dealing with conflict in your home, just don't think that they recognized it were good. You're not good. You're about there. And just don't think, well, well, no, no, I've, I've gained favor. We're there. We're just about there. And then don't think that you resolve conflict when there is e- e- emotion about, oh, no, no, I'll do better, I'll do better, I'll do better, I'll do better. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, if you were a sinner the first time, you're going to be a sinner the second time. You know, I keep telling you about my dog, Sweet Tea. That dog don't like me. No, it doesn't like me. That dog will not go out for me. I mean, she'll come home and say, hey, you taking sweet tea out? The dog won't go out. I open the back door. The dog won't go out. Today, I figured out why. And I thought I'd take this time to publicly confess to you. I love my yard. The perfect yard is a concrete yard painted green. A blower does wonders. I love my, don't dig in my yard. When that dog first came to us, that dog started digging. I got is Miss Doster in here? And I treated that dog with such loving care that I forgot you were here until she looked back that way. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I saw my dad do this with our dog and it created a wonderful buttons. And, uh, and so, so I grabbed that dog by the collar and I'm dragging that dog out there and I'm like, see that hole? I'm going to put cayenne pepper. I better not, Peter's going to send me to jail. And I'm like, you stop digging in that hole. I would like to tell you and stand here and testify that we don't have a good relationship. So in her mind, me letting her outside is a trap to grab her collar and put that nose in that hole. No, there's no awe. If she stopped digging holes, it would be okay. So understand that there is something to be said about this. Well, I'll never dig another hole in life. No, no, I'll never. No, it doesn't work that way. Because you and I were sinners once, we're going to do it again. And what the problem is, is that dog is smarter than I am. My master Bob, and the outdoors, and I have my collar on, and it's fenced in. This isn't good. Because he's going to drag me. So understand that this is the scenario. So if you look at Matthew chapter 27, this is going to be the hard one. And please, I, I, I say this in pastoral love, but this is going to be the hard one. Matthew 27, 3. Then Judas, I'm so sorry, Hebrews 12. Is that where I told you to go? Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Hebrews 12, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Did you notice that? The grace of God does not fail man. Man fails the grace of God. Okay. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, semicolon. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. Now, Esau is introduced into this narrative of bitterness, defilement, fornication, profane, or living a common life. As who, please? Esau. Who for one morsel of meat sold his what? This is key. I cannot tell you how key what I'm about to tell you is in getting a permanent solution. 
For ye know, would you please look at it? For ye know that what? What is that word? Afterwards. When he would have inherited what? He was what, please? For he found no place of what? Though he sought it carefully with what? Genesis 27, 34 is where you find this story. Now please listen to this. Sin has consequences. Okay? Repentance. I wrote down this. Tears without acceptance is not spiritual repentance. There has to come a point to where we close the door and say this. My actions have cost me this. And because my actions have cost me this, I am done trying to get this back. You see, one action by Esau cost him his birthright. And all of a sudden he was like, you read it, Father, do you not have one reserved for me? And the Bible gives us insight in Hebrews that he was like, please, please, I didn't mean to sell the morsel of bread. And there is something to be said that repentance says this. By God's grace, that should have sent me to hell. Marriages and children and relationships are not built on going back to the original. It's built on, let's move on in grace. Let's just move on in grace. This is how marriages heal. This is how relationships heal. Because for you to go back and try to get back, you're never going to get it back. You're never going to get it back. And this is why now let's go back to Luke 15. And I'm going to end this with this way. Luke 15. Question, did he get back the inheritance of what he wasted? No. 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 Nope. He never got it back. Marriages cannot be built on, I just want to go back to when we were on our honeymoon. No, you don't. You didn't have any money, and you borrowed your mama's car when you went on your honeymoon, and you were in debt after you came back. So how can you say that? Because I was. <laughs> I traded my mother my Yugo for her Buick LeSabre. I know. Want to know why? Because my wife said, I am not going on my honeymoon in a Yugo. And so, so understand, let's go back to Luke chapter 15. And, and this is where you're not trying to get back to if you start telling your sons and your daughters when, they're, when they are adults, I just wish you would go back and be like you were when you were. Do you know what they'll spend their life doing? I got to get back to what I am in my mom and dad's mind. Ladies and gentlemen, that boat sailed. Not going to happen. And as long as I have an atmosphere in my home, I want you to be. If, if, if I could illustrate it this way. Brother Chris, could I use you? Would that be okay? You're going to be my son. You're going to be my son. I know. I know. There's a parenting skill that if you've ever counseled with me that I'll draw stairs. These are going to be our stairs. You're going all the way to the column. Some people are great parents when the children are just born. And they're great phenomenal parents when the children are junior high. And they're phenomenal parents when the teenagers, I'm going to choose 16 because this was when Deanna and I got into it. They're phenomenal parents at 16. 
and keep growing, keep going, all the way up there. And then all of a sudden, it's like the parent stops growing with the child. And this is the conflict. It's, it's called the intersection on the stairwell. And when you're trying to help people with parenting of older kids, it's just like, they were beautiful when they were younger. What happened? We stopped growing with them. Because you have to understand, they're growing. They're growing. And everybody has that. I wish they would just stay 16. I just, they would, I wish they, I just wanted to be 16. You know what mine was? Then you have a seat. You know what mine was with Deanna? The day she walked in with a pair of shoes that I thought were too grown up. And the day she walked in with an outfit that I thought was too mature. Because I want that little girl in little socks with little frills. And I want, no, the day, the day that she took my granddaughter and got her ears pierced. Was the day. Because everybody knows you can't get your ear pierced till your 12th birthday. You can't get saved till you're 12, and you can't. <laughs> but this was Moa. I am sitting here, and I failed to grow. And an old sage looked at me in his 80s and said, Bob, she will hate you if you don't start growing again. And that's when either I trusted the work I put in, or I did not trust it. Either I trust it, or I don't trust it. I'm not saying entrust to the world. I'm just saying, got to keep growing. And there's something to be said here that now let's transition to where when this atmosphere of repentance goes, son, daughter, I'm so sorry that you lost your birthright. I am sorry. I am sorry. But hey, we still got a whole lot of living to do. Come on, let's live. And there's something releasing in somebody's life when they know so you're not going to, you don't want me to live? And sometimes we do this in marriages. So, oh, the best days. Isn't that right, honey? The best days of our life when we were on our honeymoon 35 years ago. Isn't that right? Ever since then, it's been downhill. But we agree that, y'all, at some point. Let me give you the last statement with four minutes to go, and I get a five-minute overtime, and uh, so we're okay. Repentance is acceptance. Godly repentance is saying this, I accept four things, and, and, and I will send this out in an email uh, to everybody so that you have it. Repentance is acceptance of three things, four things. Are you ready? One, what I have done. I now own it. I now own it. Stop reaching back to grandpa and say, well, you know, grandpa used to be that way. You, you know, you just like your grandpa. He, no, 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 no. Total responsibility. Let him step up and say, I own it. I asked for my inheritance. I chose to spend the money. I chose to go to the bad place. It's acceptance of what I've done. Number two, it's acceptance of where I am at. I'm in the hog pen. I accept it. I accept it. Number three, it's an acceptance of where I need to be. Where do you need to be right now? I need to be, yeah. I need, yeah. I need to be over there. I need to be over there. Then the fourth thing is repentance is this. Who is the solution? Luke chapter 15, if you're there. In Luke chapter 15, we know this tragic story that starts in verse 11. We come all the way down. <clears throat> he said this. Verse 15, let's pick it up there. And when he would, went and joined himself, citizen of that country... 
And he, the citizen of that country, sent him into the fields to feed swine. And when he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him, when he came to himself, look what he said, how many hired, what please, servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Look at 18. I will arise and go to my what, please? He never said the house. He never said, he said, where am I going? I'm going home to the Father. And look what it says. And we'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Look at 19. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. In this young man's mind, he has wasted it all. Repentance was not recognition. Repentance was, was just not remorse. Repentance was just not reversal. Repentance was acceptance. This is what I've done. This is where I'm at. That's where I need to be. And my father is the only solution to this. And I'll tell you what I'm good with. I've accepted. I've lost sonship. I'll just be a servant. Repentance is when in your mind... You always are a servant. You see, when somebody does something that they're trying to clear themselves in this matter, you won't have to wonder what's going on with your spouse or with your children. Let me tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen is this. They're running to make up time. Quarterback throws interception and throws interception. I love this illustration. You've heard it too bad. Throws four interceptions. Coach grabs him by that face mask. Said, boy, you throw one more interception, you're done the rest of the season. He drops back. Sure enough, throws it for you unspiritual people. The safety, the free safety comes over. He didn't see the free safety. The free safety intercepts it as he's hit and knocked down. Announcer's in the booth. There he goes again. What they call a pick six. He's going to the end zone. Look at that quarterback. The quarterback gets up, chases him down, tackles him on the one-yard line. The announcer says, wow, did you see that quarterback chase him down? The other announcer says, yeah, you know the difference, don't you? The one guy was running for a touchdown. The quarterback was running for his job. And there is a difference. Next week, we're going to walk through how do you lead somebody to this point. Leading somebody to this point, and, and if you would, go to 2 Corinthians chapter, go back, and I'm just going to show you one thing I want you to study this week. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, I hope this has helped you. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, because I want you to look at this. There's a phrase in here that gives insight in the last 90 seconds. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed, what is that please, to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in what, please? If this needs to be the attitude, you've not hurt me. Look at verse 10. For godly sorrow, here it is, does, what is that word? It is worketh. And ladies and gentlemen, our homes have got to be the atmosphere of spiritual repentance and then let God work. Let him work. I, pr I praise God for my mom and my dad. I praise God for my mom. During that time, my mother, my mother always let God work. 
And I'm going to talk a lot about it next week. I'm, I'm going to kind of go through a formula of what you put together to let repentance do her per- some, some spouses need this for their spouse. Some parents right now are going through it with a hard-hearted child, and they've wondered. Please know this. Listen to this. God can do a bigger work than you could ever do. God can do a bigger work than I could ever do. And sometimes people like to make this repentance thing more than what God meant for it to be. You know what it is? I don't need to be here. And if I stay here, I'm in trouble. That's what it is in salvation. And so you don't turn and reverse this. You go to the Father for salvation. That's what it is. Boy, I just really love our families. So, hey, let's all stand and uh, for.